What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 9 recap episode of The Rundown. I am your sore from the Bowling Green Half Marathon co-host, Ben Peterson, alongside my calling me out for not going to the gym a day after running a half marathon co-host, Justin Tavner. <laughs> Justin, how you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Figured I'd, figured I'd have to call you out, even though I knew that you were in that half marathon. Yeah, that's fair. So Justin and I have decided that we're going to start holding each other accountable. We've got a workout plan we're going to follow together and, um, <clears throat> you know, just like send each other pictures from the gym and stuff every day or whenever we go just to say, hey, you know, I'm actually going. This is happening. Uh, so naturally, he had to make fun of me. Yes, well, not make fun, but like tease me yesterday and uh, be like, why aren't you at the gym? And as I was like talking about how I about blew out my quads trying to walk down three stairs. Um. Yeah, as far as how I'm feeling today, uh, you know, I'm going to try my best. Uh, I am dealing with a sinus infection, and my throat is kind of on fire right now. But, um, you know, I might lean on you a little bit more than usual, but um, I'm going to have my Jordan Flu Game podcast episode here. So let's get into it, shall we? Let's go. <clears throat> All right, to start us off, we've got some breaking news. Uh, Carson Wentz is now a Los Angeles Ram. Um. My initial thought here is, yeah, it's about time somebody signed him. I was I was a bit uh, shocked that he was not um, signed sooner, to be honest. Yeah, me too. Um, you know, I, I kind of expected, like, when Kirk Cousins went down that the Vikings would, would pick him up, or um, I honestly thought that the Jets would pick him up, um, just given their quarterback situation, but... Uh, I mean, this kind of tells me that, you know, maybe they think that Stafford's injury is a little more serious, um, or they just want to have, uh, a, a little more of a safety net, uh, behind Stafford, uh, given his injury history and given that their backup quarterback is Brett Ripien. Who? Um, exactly. <laughs> I know who that is and still who? Yeah. Um, so, I mean... <clears throat> yeah, I mean, good, good, good for uh, Carson Wentz. You know, I, I hope he gets a shot. Um, I mean, he was an an MVP candidate back in the day. Um, kind of hope he hope he gets a shot to uh, kind of prove that you know he he deserves a starting spot. I mean, let's be real. He had the he had the Colts in playoff contention until they weren't. Like, he is the reason partly why they didn't make the playoffs when he was with the Colts. But you know, with a competent coach and a good team around him he honestly like can be serviceable you know he's a good backup at this point oh for um, sure and you know if you're the rams like you said i think it's a good pickup for them i mean let's be honest um the goat of saving your team baker mayfield is not walking through that door tomorrow to or <laughs> well, not walking through that door the day before the game to um save you so 
I think this is a pretty solid option for them to pick up, especially now that the trade deadline's over. They can't make a call to, you know, Jameis or somebody else. Uh, I think Carson Wentz is a pretty solid pickup, so. Yeah, probably the best free agent signing they could get. True, true. All right, well, let's move on to um, the actual recap now of the week. How about we start in Pittsburgh? Um, the Steelers, they beat the Titans 20-16. Uh, to 16. Uh, kind of my initial thoughts here, I thought Will Levis played well, honestly. Uh, he finished 22-39 of 39 for 262 yards. He didn't have any touchdowns, and he did have one pick, but let's be honest, that was a desperation throw at the end. Like, he had to make a play, um, and it was just honestly a good defensive play. Like, I think, you know, obviously he's looking at it. His second, his second NFL start wasn't as good as his first, but to be in position to win as a rookie against a top five defense, I mean, that that's incredible in itself because a lot of rookies would have gone out there and just, I mean, you've seen the Carolina Panthers, like, and I'm not blaming Bryce Young for all of that, but like, you know. Bryce Young has looked like a rookie, and right. I don't think Will Levis in his two starts has looked like a rookie. Right. Even even in that game against the Titans, he was getting pressured a lot, and he still looked poised in the pocket. He took a couple shots. He made some great throws. Um, you know, he had multiple receivers in double-digit receiving, um, and he, you know, Derrick Henry had 75 rush yards. Like, it was honestly a pretty good game. Um, you know, definitely think the Titans missed – uh, having Kevin Byard out there, considering Kenny Pickett threw Deontay Johnson his first touchdown in what was like 600-something days? Something like that. It was like, I think it was since like 2021. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Pickett threw him his first touchdown on the side that Kevin Byard would have been on. <laughs> and we had a rookie uh, safety out there. So, um, you know, the Titans defense is still pretty good. I mean, you held a team to 20 points, which, you know, I know NFL is kind of weird and like 24 is considered like you know like if a game's like 24 to 21 sometimes that's considered high scoring depending on who's playing but then other times you have games that are like 42 to 38 (laughs) so it is kind of odd but i think the titans played pretty well uh you obviously would have liked to have seen that uh win um but yeah will levis has played so well in fact despite having a bad o-line that mike Vrabel today named him the starter moving forward um and ryan Tannehill is kind of progressing into that backup role so it certainly seems, at least for now, as if the Ryan Tannehill era in Tennessee has come to an end. Uh, Justin, I'm going to pause here for just a second before before I move on to the Steelers. Um, I think Levis is the guy moving forward. Uh, my question here to you is, what would what would you do with Tannehill? Um, I mean, obviously, you can't do anything with with him now, um, given that it's past the trade deadline. Um, so I think for the rest of the season, you know, he, he serves as a backup to Will Levis, um, which, you know, uh, you know, it it is what it is, but I, I think if you're going to have a backup to a rookie, I mean, Ryan Tannehill's a a good guy to, to do that. You know, I mean, he's, he's intelligent. He's been around the league. He, you know, he's, he's been on a a couple different teams, couple, couple different systems, He's seen a bunch of de- a bunch of different defenses, and I mean, if you're gonna have a guy backing up a rookie, um, you know, I, as a Titans fan, you got to be glad that it's Tannehill, you know, um, just just given his experience uh, in, in his career. 
Yeah, now granted, you know, it depends on which Titans fan you ask, because some of them are like, Ryan Tannehill is the scum of the earth, he's the worst quarterback that's ever entered the NFL. Those people are dumb. Um, you know, I, I will say too, um, talking about after this year, I think, you know, Tannehill has said publicly, like, he and his wife and family love the city of Nashville, they love living here, he loves being a Titan. You know, do you maybe have a conversation with them about bringing him back as the backup moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's definitely got to be in the conversation. Um, you know, it, obviously, it just depends on what Tannehill wants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if he thinks uh, that that he's still a starting caliber quarterback um, and he wants to go somewhere else, then, um, you know, obviously, I, I don't is, – is he going to be a free agent this year? Yeah, yeah, this is the last year of his contract. Okay, then yeah, I mean, you you, you let him walk and you wish him the best. Um, and <clears throat> if he's willing to come back and and probably settle for a, a little less money, um, and and he's okay serving as that backup role, um, knowing that if Will Levis goes down, that he's ready to step in and, and be the guy again. Um, then obviously I, you know, for sure keep him around. Um, but I, I think it just depends on, on what he's comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, I think he's got to be honest with himself too, at this point, like he, he's getting up there in age for a quarterback. Um, you know, he's not the Ryan Tannehill of 2020, 2021, you know, like we saw. I mean, Will Levis came he, in. He's had, he's had a few injuries too. He has. And Will Levis came in behind the same O-line that's been garbage and couldn't protect Tannehill and just the extra mobility and the better arm. He already looks miles better than Tannehill did behind this offensive line. So I think, you know, if you're Tannehill, maybe you think about it and any of these teams that are going to want a quarterback like Tannehill, at this point he would be a bridge guy. He's not going to be somebody you're going to, you know, pay for five years. And exactly. And I, I think with this being such a deep quarterback draft, I mean, you're, you're talking, if I had to venture to guess, I would say five quarterbacks go in the first round. Yeah. Um, you know, with that being the case, it's, you know, how many teams are going to want a, a Ryan Tannehill like quarterback who's, what is he? 34, 35, something like that. He's 35 or 36. Yeah. Okay. So, so an, like you said, an older quarterback, who's on the tail end of their career, who maybe has one or good one or two good seasons left, maybe. But, you know... Versus, and he's going to be... He's, I'm not saying he's going to be a million times more expensive than a rookie, but he's he's going to be more expensive than any rookie that you draft. So, right. you know, it, it just depends on what those teams are looking for. And if, if he's willing to come back for less money, too, then you can possibly get some better pieces. You can pay some better pieces to have a better team. And then should the need arise, say Will Levis has some moments where he looks like a second-year quarterback, like a not, you know, or he goes down, Tannehill comes back for a game or two, all of a sudden, you know, he's got some better pieces around him, and because he's not constantly getting beat up every single week, he can, as Shannon Sharp says, as you get older, it's you've still got the greatness in you, it's just harder to summons it up every day. So, you know, he gets some rest in, and then, you know, say he his, his name gets called, and he can you know, kind of dig down and bring out some of the good moments of Tannehill that we saw whenever he first came to Tennessee. I mean, he does have some good right. upside. It's just, I think now it's he's hurt all the time, and so he can't do what he's good at. Tannehill took up right, a lot right. of that conversation. <laughs> I didn't intend for that <laughs> to take so long. 
Um, let me recap the Steelers side real quick, and then I'll let you get into your thoughts on the game. Um, so on to the Steelers. They somehow won yet another close game that they probably should have lost. Um, there were some questionable calls that went their way. Ultimately, I do kind of think that they got bailed out by the fact that they were playing a rookie quarterback. And, you know, Levis, like you, like we've said, he had to make a play there at the end. And it, it is a defensive, it was a better defensive play on that interception. Um, ultimately, though, uh, you know, the Steelers defense, like I said earlier, is top five. And I think whenever you have that good of a defense, you can kind of overshadow some of your bad offensive play. Like, it's a lot easier. I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl because the Baltimore Ravens had one of the best defenses ever. <laughs> they didn't win because yeah. of Trent Dilfer. Um, you know, my, my thoughts on the Steelers, though, is I'm, I'm not saying Kenny Pickett isn't the guy, but C.J. Stroud has thrown more touchdown passes than him now. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> uh, Justin, did you have any thoughts you wanted to add about this game? I know I kind of dominated a lot of that one, but it's my team, so. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, we've already touched on this, but I, I think Will Levis has arrived. Um, I mean, he went toe-to-toe with that Steelers defense on the road in prime time. And he, to me, he didn't look rattled. He didn't look intimidated. I mean, he was out there just delivering strikes to his receivers i mean he outdueled kenny pickett on the road took four sacks while pickett took none and he out threw him by over 100 yards like that is impressive um you have derrick henry who's now back in the top five for rushing yards this season and it almost seems like he's kind of back to being his old self maybe minus a step um but you know you you, you can still see you can still see that Derrick Henry's there. You know, he, yeah. he still has a presence on that field. Whereas I feel like through the first three weeks or so, you you maybe didn't see that. Um, I, I think since then, you can kind of see like Derrick Henry's out there. I do think I do think it helps that this offensive line is playing out of their minds for Will Levis way more than they did for Tannehill, at least. Yeah. Um, and then as for Pittsburgh, like you said, I, I think the refs bailed him out. I hate to, you know, blame the refs because. You know, I, I talk about this. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to. You know, say, oh, the refs are the reason that the Steelers won that game, or, or blah blah blah. Um, because the, at the end of the day, the Titans could have made other plays. You know, there's 130 plays in a game. They could have made other plays to win that. But when you know, down the stretch, the last four minutes of the game, all of the calls are going in Pittsburgh's way. It, it's it, it's hard to argue that, right? <laughs> um. But I, I just I don't trust the Steelers. I know they're five and three. I get that. I know they've beaten the Ravens, but like they just feel like they just feel like they're a house of cards, just ready to come crashing down. You know, like I just don't trust them. That, that, that's that's my thoughts on the Steelers. I just don't trust their offense <clears throat> enough to, you know, like it, they they make it to the playoffs. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to face. Lamar, they're gonna have to face Mahomes. They're gonna have have to face Burrow, Tua, all of these guys, and you know you, you're gonna ask me to 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 choose the Steelers in that situation when they clearly have a major disadvantage at quarterback. You, I can't do it. Like they just their offense is not good enough to compete with the other offenses in the AFC. 
No, and honestly, like I know all four AFC North teams right now are in the in the playoff mix. Um, like they they are all four of them in the playoffs currently. If it ended today, but at the same time, um, I know the Bengals aren't. The, I think the Bengals are the seventh seed right now, right? Like they're te- they technically are. the lowest. There ain't a there ain't a game like there ain't a game moving forward that you could convince me that the Steelers as they are right now could beat the Bengals as they are right now. Like if if I match them nope. teams up ten times, the Bengals I think would win nine out of ten. Oh yeah, I give I do give the Steelers one because it is a pro football team, and like we say, any given Sunday, I, I'm not impressed with their offense at all. Like I said, their their no, defense. I, I, top think that, I think they've just I, I think they've just had a couple close games that they've won. Yeah, and I don't think it's been. I mean, other than that win against the Ravens, where. Their, once again, their defense was the only reason they won that game, and they had one good play from Pickett to, to George Pickens. <clears throat> Other than that, they should have lost that game. They absolutely should have. And obviously, you know, we gotta, you know, we gotta take it what it is. I mean, they did win those games, so we can't like be like, well, they should have, you know, it should have, could have, would have, right? But at the same time, it's yeah. like you said, it's very hard to trust that team. I'm not betting on them, that's for sure. Nope. <laughs> uh, let's move on to a team that I think right now would beat them. Uh, the Houston Texans ended up beating the uh, uh, Buccaneers. I forgot what city they were in for just a second. They would beat them. That's because they did beat them. Yeah, but I, that's true. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, before I sound even more uh, like I don't know what's going on in the world of football, the Texans beat the Buccaneers 39-37 to uh, after C.J. Stroud had uh, probably the greatest game by a rookie I've ever seen. He set NFL rookie record for uh, 470 yards passing. Uh, he had five touchdown passes, um, and he cemented himself as the Offensive Rookie of the Year, NFL MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, NBA MVP, and NBA Finals MVP, NAIA <laughs> Champion of Character, and the Nobel hey, Peace Prize. The last winner. time we said that, it bit us. I'm, I'm, so. I'm going with it. He's, he, I don't know if you heard that last one because you were laughing, but he's also going to win the Nobel Peace Prize. Uh, oh. Um, I, you know, this game was insane, <clears throat> uh, because Tampa is definitely one of those games that I, or games. Tampa is definitely one of those teams that, especially now that Tom Brady's gone, I consider them more of a defensive team. Um, like I know they've got like I, I don't know what it is about Tampa Bay, but like, um, I just always think of them as a defensive team. I think normally they are a defensive team, but like they just always seem like one of those teams that like you know what I mean. Like if a team plays them, it's yeah. gonna be one of those ugly like grind it out thirteen to nine games. Like, yeah. <clears throat> I don't expect this, but you know Baker Mayfield. I mean he threw two sixty five yards. That's not too bad. Two touchdowns. Uh, Rashad White carried the ball twenty times for seventy three yards. Uh, and then. Freaking Mike Evans had 87 yards receiving. Kate Otten had 70 yards receiving. Um, and Trey Palmer had 51, and that was the only three over 50. Uh, but, you know, then you go back and look at the... You go back and look at it. I mean, it was just it was just a very high-scoring game. A lot of field goals scored. Um, and, you know, the Texans, for me, just have... They, like I, I said, they were my surprise team. And my goodness, like, do we have a potential Houston Texans wild card push coming? I mean, I don't think it's out of the question. I, I don't think it's out of the question. 
the only thing going against them is is how stacked the AFC is. But I mean, here they are at four and four. They're a game out of a playoff spot. They're right in the mix, you know. Yeah. I do want to clarify my biggest surprise team was actually the New York Jets, but the Texans I have said surprised me this year. I just I just wanted to clarify. Um, <laughs> I went back and looked because as soon as I said that, I wasn't 100% sure. Um, I do think that Baker Mayfield has solidified himself as a solid bridge quarterback. Um, I don't necessarily think that he's anything more than that, but... No, I, I would be shocked if the Bucks didn't draft a quarterback this same. year. But at the same time, uh, Tampa's defense is not doing him any favors. I mean, C.J. Stroud is him, don't get me wrong. But Baker Mayfield, I mean, I know obviously Baker Mayfield only had two touchdown passes, but he led that team to 37 points, and you lost. Like, that's on the We've said this before. If you score 37, you expect to win the game. Chargers. Um, (laughs) Yeah. You know, I just... I, I... it's honestly like I know you didn't like Baker at first, especially with like the beef you had with him being an Ohio State fan and then him playing for one of your bigger rivals in Cleveland. But at the same time, it really is hard not to root for the guy now. Like he's still a little bit of like got that cocky arrogant, but you can definitely just um tell like he's got he's matured a lot and I don't know, man. It's it's hard to not root for him, especially after like last year with the Rams and then now at Tampa Bay getting that second chance. Yeah, I mean, I I would say that, you know, given the fact that he's going to bounce around the league and, um, you know, I I think he's, like you said, I think he's grown up a little Mm -hmm. bit. Um, I think he's matured and kind of realized what he is capable of and what he's not capable of. Whereas I feel like um, through his first couple years in Cleveland, it was he, he thought he was just he thought he was the guy. And I think now that he's realized, like, hey, I'm, you know, I'm not Patrick Mahomes, I'm not Joe Burrow, I'm not Lamar Jackson, I'm not all of these guys, you know, I I am what I am. Yeah. I I think now that he's realized that, he's almost kind of come into his own, and I think he's played better. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you said that the Bucs would be one of the teams drafting a quarterback this year, but I'll be honest with you, the Bucs are possibly going to make the playoffs i know they're three and five i know they're three and five but i mean let's be honest in the nfc you nine and eight could easily get the playoffs so especially in that division especially in that division so you know the buccaneers i feel like are going to be in the hunt at least for the rest of the season and i think with what I've seen so far this year from Baker, especially, and from that offense, your weak area is not necessarily quarterback play. I think your weak areas are your run game has been inconsistent. Like Which it's been inconsistent since Tom Brady was there. I, that run game has been inconsistent, I think, since that franchise was founded. But anyway. No. Um, so, you know, I think it might not be a bad play. Baker Mayfield's young. He's good. He's got a good arm. He, like, whenever he is playing within himself, he's honestly a really good quarterback. You might ink him to a long-term deal. Like, not, like, crazy long, but maybe three, maybe three years. See what you've got there. And then that way you can use this draft to potentially draft some defensive pieces, which they clearly need. 
Um, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are getting a little old, so maybe you can go grab some more receiving targets. Um, I cannot think of anyone outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. right now, but I know that there are other good receivers that are seniors this year. Uh, there's a Malik Neighbors from LSU. Um, right. Keon Coleman, mm-hmm. he's like 6'4", 210 out of Florida State. Um, and Romeo Rome, Romo Duns from Washington. It's another good one. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I think, you know, I, I see what you're saying about quarterback. And, like, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. But also, I don't think that the Bucks are going to be drafting high enough that they're going to get a quarterback that would be worth moving off of Baker Mayfield for. Like, at best, Fair at best they're going to get kind of one of those guys, like, kind of how we looked at Will Levis before the season, where, like, oh, he's going to be one of those raw talents that are going to need a couple of years. No, nobody expected Will Levis to be this. Like, even I didn't, and I was a fan of his at Kentucky. Like, I thoroughly thought, especially with our O-line, I was like, oh, Levis is going to take a while to develop. Um, so, I don't know. For the Bucks, I just I don't know that the answer is quarterback this year. I'm not disagreeing with you, and it wouldn't shock me at all if they found a way to do that, but I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. Um, did you have any final thoughts on this game? I did. Um, so, you know, we, we talked about CJ Stroud throwing for 470 and five touchdowns. And I mentioned to you before the show that I had that I had a, uh, a hypothetical for oh you. Oh, boy. Here it is. Could CJ Stroud win the MVP this year? He He's clearly the front runner for offensive rookie of the year. But my argument is... And I'm I'm not saying he's going to, but I'm saying does he have a shot? If the the following plays out, okay, that's what I was. Get, that was what was going to be my answer. <laughs> uh, my answer. This is a hypothetical. A of, my answer is going to have a lot of contingencies on that. So let, let me hear what you have to say. So I'll, I'll give you my thoughts. So if he leads the the Texans to a winning record after they just drafted second. <laughs> If he leads them to a winning record and a playoff spot in this in this AFC with the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Chargers, the you know all, all of these teams leads them to a playoff spot, could he win MVP? As it stands currently, he is seventh in passing yards, uh, ahead of guys like Jared Goff, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. He has thrown one interception all year. The next closest is Lamar with three. He has the fourth highest rating, only behind Tua and Brock Purdy and Kirk Cousins, who's injured. And he has thrown for the sixth most most touchdowns this season as a rookie, with his second best receiving target being a rookie wide receiver as well. So if he leads that team to an, to a playoff spot, say he goes 10 and 7, so he would have to finish the season going what six and three? Doable, honestly, especially with division. It, it, it is doable because they're still going to have you know games against the t- the the Titans and the Colts. Could he win MVP? I know this is a bit of a new, a bit of an overreaction, but would it be crazy if he's in the conversation come the end of the year? Okay, I don't think it's necessarily like a crazy out there thing to propose do i think he will do i think conversations will be had that he could win mvp i do 
And most of it is because of just the unprecedented level of success that he is having, given where he's at in his career. He's a rookie. He went to the Texans, who were garbage a year ago. Like, However, do I think he will? And do I think he has a realistic shot? At this point, no, I don't. Um, and that's not to take away anything that he's done. And, you know, the the thing I the issue I have right now is just that, you know, you gave a lot of hypotheticals. And I'm not I'm not tear, tearing down your argument, but that they're hypotheticals, right? Like a lot of stuff has to happen for him to be in the conversation. Right. I mean, I think the only way he has a shot is if they right. get to the playoffs. Um, you know, now if he were to somehow finish the season with one interception, <laughs> that would be, you know, unheard of. I I don't, I, you know, he's. I think he's going to have a game where he just doesn't, I mean, he, I think he's going to have a game where he looks like a rookie. I do. Um, I also think that <clears throat> the media, there's going to be a lot of media bias against him. And unfortunately, I just feel like that plays into like the voters' minds. Like, you know, he's a rookie, so there's got to be a lot of that stereotype of, well, rookies can't win MVP. Um, you know, I just, I don't see him... You know, it's not fair to him because I think genuinely he has played better. Honestly, I would say he's played better as a quarterback as a whole than Patrick Mahomes has this year. But Patrick Mahomes is probably going to beat him in MVP voting. You know, he's definitely played better so far this year than Joe Burrow. But Joe Bur- Joe Burrow might beat him in MVP voting. Um, You know, I think <clears throat> right now if I had to pick a top three... It would probably be, I, I, I'm not going to commit to an order, but it would probably be Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, and um, Jalen Hurts. Um, but do I think that he would be like in the conversation, like if they did a top five, could he finish top five? I mean, I think it could, I, it, like, like you said, a lot of stuff would have to happen, but I think it could be like a realistic conversation. All right. I just wanted to propose it to you. Uh, as it stands, Patrick Mahomes is currently the the betting favorite, um, and CJ Stroud is currently fourteenth. Fourteenth, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And again, uh, but yeah, just wanted to propose it to again, you. Again, like I said, he's he's been phenomenal. I think he is without a doubt the rookie of the year um, for offense, um, and you know he genuinely is having one of those rookie seasons. Like I like I cannot remember a better rookie season. I can't. Maybe Andrew Luck. Maybe that's the only that's the only comp comp but that even I have. Still, there, as just like the the amount of success that he's having this early. Even still, though, I don't know because the the one problem that Andrew Luck had was that he was getting put on his butt every other play. CJ actually has a decently solid O line. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Like I said, just wanted to propose it to you. Yeah. I I know it was kind of a wild thought, but you know, no, I like it. We, we can move. I on. like it, and I'm glad that uh, you told me before. You told me before the show that uh, you weren't going to tell me what game it was because I might guess it. I'll be honest, I probably wouldn't have gotten it right, but I am glad that you waited because that was definitely a, a genuine genuine shock and reaction from me. So hope uh, hope the listeners enjoy it. Um, any any final thoughts on uh, Texans-Bucks? Nope. Cool. <clears throat> well, let's move on. Um, we are going to move down now to Atlanta where the Vikings flew down to Atlanta. They picked up Josh Dobbs along the way. 
and managed to beat the Atlanta Falcons 31 to 28. Um, Josh Dobbs was in Arizona one morning and then woke up on the field learning the cadences of the offense, the plays, and his teammates' names on the sideline for the Minnesota Vikings the next day. Not not quite that dramatic, but you get the point. And yet, they, he led the game-winning drive for the Vikings. Um, another note here that is unfortunate news that we can talk about in a minute, but the Vikings did lose K.J. Osborne to a concussion and Cam Akers to an Achilles tendon rupture during the game. Um, Falcons, man. Um... Y'all gotta be y'all gotta be ashamed of yourselves if you're on the Falcons defense. I mean, Taylor Heineke in the offense, they took the lead with 208 remaining. And Taylor Heineke put up 28 points. And like like we've said previously, both on this episode and others, you put up 28 points in an NFL game, I mean, you feel pretty good about your chances of winning, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and yet you let Joshua Dobbs, who let me let me just repeat, he was learning the offense. He was learning the cadences and the, the cues from his center for snapping the ball and his teammates' names. And you let him drive down the field and beat you. I mean, the Falcons are just bad, man. Like, I, <laughs> the Falcons are just bad. You know, they benched... They benched... <laughs> uh, they benched... It's just so funny. They benched Desmond Ritter because... He wasn't performing. Their problems very clearly go well beyond that. (laughs) (laughs) It's still... Bro, Josh Dobbs had been in Minnesota for four days. He hadn't taken an offensive snap with the first team. He didn't know his teammate's name. Kevin O'Connell was literally translating the plays... In his headset. ...through the headset into something that he would understand. Like, what are we talking yeah. about here? Jo- like- Josh Dobbs had a little, <laughs> Josh Dobbs had a little screen inside of his uh, visor that had uh, Madden on it, and it was just like the Madden plays popping up. <laughs> <laughs> like I, it, uh, it, I've never seen anything like no. that. I mean, it's incredible. Can can I incredible? And like, and don't get me wrong, Josh Dobbs is like he's super underrated. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, he deserves a shot to start in the NFL, and I, I don't think he was given a fair shot in Arizona. No, Arizona's garbage, yeah. <laughs> but like, it, man, I mean, Atlanta, <laughs> what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on! Oh my days! Uh, can I tell you what it's I? So can I bad. tell you where the problem starts? Yeah. Coaching. Oh let yeah. Me, let me just. Let Absolutely. me just. Let me just. Let me just real quick, let me paint you a picture here. You ready? So, flashback yep. one week ago, the Atlanta Falcons are in Nashville. They have a chance to beat the Tennessee Titans. Instead of having, you know, your quarterback throw the ball in the red zone, you have your tight end, Jonu Smith, throw the ball to your tight end, Michael Pruitt. While you're... Highest tight end drafted ever, Kyle Pitts, is blocking for them. And you wonder why you're so bad. <laughs> like, and, and... And not only that, and not only that, but you drafted a running back with, what was it, like, the 
eighth overall Wait, they pick drafted or a running like back? That? I couldn't tell. You drafted Bijan Robinson, and he's getting less touches per game than Tyler Algier. Who? Nah, he. I mean, exactly. He, he's, he's all right, but <laughs> no, Tyler Algier is like he's, he's a decent he's solid, running back. But... but why did you draft Bijan? Yeah. And why did you draft? Why did Kyle you draft Pitts? him if you're not going to use him? <laughs> Someone, for the love of God, please answer answer that for me. Why did you? Why did they draft Bijan? They clearly don't value him. And this this honestly makes me sad. Uh, what was the point of wasting a draft pick on him if you're just going to give the, the majority of the touches to Tyler Algier? Right. And this honestly makes me sad because Arthur Smith was a great play caller in Tennessee. He was. I mean, he he was the play caller when we went when we made our AFC Championship run. Um, like he was great there. And I don't know. Like, I just don't know, man. I don't know if it's him. I don't I know no if it's the answers. ownership. I don't know. But like the Falcons are just bad. Um, you know, the, I literally, that, that, those are all of the notes I had for this game. Um, I do want to circle back real quick. Um, I think KJ Osborne, I think, you know, he maybe misses a, a week and he's okay. Um, Cam Akers, dude. <laughs> the Vikings can't catch a break. They cannot, man. Also, yeah, you lose Kirk Cousins and then Cam Akers in back-to-back weeks to the same injury. Like, that's, that's rough. Um, it's just Josh Dobbs gonna have a rough time. <laughs> yeah. Um, Justin, I this I did have a question for you. Um, we kind of already covered a little bit about the Falcons, but what did what do you think we learned about both teams from this game? And I guess more specifically, like if you're both teams, kind of what are your takeaways and like how what what do you do moving forward? I mean, <laughs> if you're the Vikings, obviously you just keep treading water and and. Right. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe you found the guy in Josh Dobbs that, that can kind of help you through the season. Um, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think the Vikings stand a chance um, to to do anything in the, in the postseason if they even make it that far. Um, and if you're the Falcons, I, dude, I, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. I, I did just spend 30 seconds laughing at them. So <laughs> I think that sums up what I what I think I, of them. Like, it, um, where they go from here. Give the ball to Bijan. <laughs> like, you know, the Falcons are a more talented Chicago Bears. That's genuinely yeah. how their roster feels to me right now. I say more... T- they have the pieces. Yeah, I say more talented. It's not, like, completely set in stone that they're more talented, but, like, overall, I think that they're more talented than the Chicago Bears. Not at quarterback, but pretty much at everywhere else. Um... In all honesty, that was one trade that Colin Cowherd proposed a while ago that I actually think might be an interesting fit would be Justin Fields to the Falcons and Desmond Ritter to the uh, Bears. Because To be fair, I don't think the Bears need a quarterback because they're drafting Caleb Williams or Drake well, May as soon as they as they're gonna send their GM like sprinting to the to the podium. You know what's funny though? In all honesty, this is off topic obviously because the Bears weren't even a topic, but the Bears are going to draft a quarterback that high and be just as awful as they were. That That's my, like, we're not in the yep. hot take segment, but that's my, like, hot take that's more like coffee after it's been sitting out for an hour, uh, temperature-wise. <laughs> like, because I don't think Justin Fields is the problem. No, they have so many other problems. So many. Anyway, let's move on to two teams that do not have as many problems. Um, the Cowboys and Eagles. Honestly, for me, this was, like the second game of the week it was not the game of the week for me but it was second 
Um, the game of the week for me, honestly, was probably the Bucks and the Texans. I'm not going to lie. That one was very fun to watch. Um, yeah. <clears throat> you know, the Cowboys, the Eagles, hang on just a second. Um, while I pull up that, there we go. Okay. So Jalen Hurts, uh, he pretended like his knee wasn't hurting just long enough to lead the Eagles to a 28-23 victory over the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, people I saw in the media were trying to kill Dak about that. <clears throat> Dak, Dak was not the reason they lost this game. Dak played well enough to win. If he doesn't step out trying to run in that touchdown, or was it the two-point conversion he stepped out on? It was the two-point right, conversion right, right, he stepped right, right, out. You're right. Or, you know, um, you know, they get that touchdown at the very end, they win. Is that loop? Luke Schoonmaker or whatever whatever his first name is Schoonmaker. I mean he he had the he had a touchdown right at the goal line, and his knee caused caused them to not get that touchdown because he was like half not even half yeah, a yard. Of, he was maybe a quarter of a of yard. Diving for the end zone <laughs> like a normal person, he did like a weird barrel roll parallel to the end zone and landed just outside of it. <laughs> yeah. And that's how that's how like, they lost. I, it. I mean the the Cowboys were probably four inches on that play and Dak's toes away from winning that game. They said, I mean, let, let's not sit here and kill the Cowboys. Like, you know, like, you know, let, like they played like they did against the Niners. They did. They said his left knee was, <laughs> they played well enough to win. They that said game. his left knee was down on the like inch line. <laughs> yeah. Like, <clears throat> I think, you know, I think Dallas, I, I know we don't like to dwell on moral victories because they're they're I mean a loss is a loss right. But if I'm if I'm right. Dallas that this is probably one of the like this doesn't feel like losing to the 49ers. You know the 49ers blew you off the field on national television. The Eagles I would argue are a much better team than the 49ers at at the current state of things they're a much better team than the 49ers and you went toe-to-toe with them and had a chance to win the game. Like, if I'm the Cowboys, I, yeah, I'm mad I, about the loss, but I, I I take a lot of good away from it. Like, we played really well. We just came up short. Yeah, I think the Eagles just had a couple plays kind of go their way. Yeah. I mean, and honestly, it wasn't even things that they did. It was just a, a, the smallest of miscues that the Cowboys had. Yeah. That, I mean, it's not like they were huge penalties that were they were shooting themselves in the foot. It was you know, stepping out of bounds or being a half a yard short that was the difference in the game. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, the Eagles, I think, you know, they're showing us now, like what we always use as criteria for a good team. They find the way to win those games that are close, that are, you know, they got to gut it out. And I think what makes the Eagles especially dangerous is they can beat you by being flashy and taking the top off you and being explosive, and then they can beat you in these kind of gritty contests where it's a lot of a lot of pushing and shoving and you know tush pushes. And Jalen Hurts is hurt, but he still he still leads the team to the win. And you know, I mean, I just you know the the Eagles. I think at this point are unless they just you know, fall apart. I think they're going to be the one seed. Um, so, you know, if I'm Dallas, I'm not, I'm maybe not the most thrilled about the fact that if I do have to play Philly again, we're going to have to play them in Philly. <laughs> but, um, you know, I definitely, if I'm Dallas now, I definitely think that I at least look at this as I belong 
in the conversation with these top teams. I know they've, they've looked at it that way all season, but I think this this was one of those games where, yeah, you lost, but I think you proved that, like, you belonged there. Whereas the yeah, 49ers, the 49ers ran them off the field. Um, yeah. What were your takeaways from this game? Uh, I mean, I, I kind of already spoke my piece on it, just kind of like that the, the Cowboys were, you know, right there, had a chance to win that game. A couple of things go their way, and they do win that game. I mean, they outgained Philly by, you know, 110 yards um, and did everything right to win that game. And it just felt like the smallest of things just went Philly's way, and that was the difference, you know. Um, it it looked to me like it was two evenly matched teams, which you're going to get that a lot of the times in, in these divisional matchups, but... Um, I mean, this is as close to a win without it being a win, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> no, I get it. It's like it's like in the NBA watching like a player cross somebody up, pull up for a great shot, and it just rimming out. Like, you did everything except for have it go through the net. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they did everything except for win the game. <clears throat> Which, I mean, you know, an L is an L, but if you're going to take anything away from this, I think it should be a moral victory for the Cowboys. I, I know they lost the game, but... Um, you know, they kind of proved to themselves, I think was the most important thing that they can hang with, um, these top teams in the NFC. And I think the Niners just kind of have their number. Um, so if they somehow find a way to avoid them in the playoffs, uh, I mean, I I think that's the only, I think that's the way they find themselves in the NFC championship game. Yeah. I will say the key, I, I, I've, I've watched enough games now with philly to kind of feel this way now but i think the key to beating philly is to capitalize on their mistakes um the eagles played well enough to win but i mean they did all they could to cough up that game at the end uh Dak needed to go 86 yards in 46 seconds and he got 56 of those on penalties from the eagles yeah then of course he took us and and ended two yards short yeah then well then of course he he took a sack and then he hit CD for, um, or they had a penalty. He had a sack. So then they were on the 27. <laughs> um, he hit CD lamb for 22 yards and then Darius Slay tackled him five yards short. And that's how the game ended. Um, you know, it's Philly. They, they are a really great team. I mean, they're eight and one for a reason, but I think you get them, you get in their heads a little bit. You get them making mistakes, making penalties. I think that is the way, I mean, you know, Philly is, if CD Lamb breaks that tackle or, you know, Dak doesn't get sacked or they don't commit that penalty, I think Dallas wins that game. So if I'm Philly, it's like, yeah, I won that, but ooh, that was a little closer than I might have liked. <laughs> but barely. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that's all of the thoughts that I had. Uh now I'm good. <clears throat> let's move on to probably one of your favorite games you've watched as a Cincinnati Bengals fan. Uh the Bills came to town. They said they had something to prove. This was their first game back in Cincinnati since DeMar Hamlin's incident. Um, they acted, the Bills, you know, came into this game saying, you know, we got something to prove. We're going to, we're going to come in here. We're going to get this win. And then they promptly pulled a, uh, <clears throat> a, um, crap, what's their coach's name? Sean McDermott. Yeah. <laughs> Sean McDermott special. Yeah, dude, it just, my brain stopped for a second. It's part of being sick. Uh, Josh Allen threw his ninth interception of the year. Um, he did everything to try to keep them in that game and also did everything to get them out of that game. 
uh, Burrow somehow outperformed himself from last week. Um, and then, you know, like I said earlier, the AFC North, all of their teams are in the playoffs with the Bengals securing, or not securing, but they are currently in that seventh spot. The Bengals ended up winning this game 24-18 to after Buffalo made a uh, touchdown and two-point conversion to make it seem like it was going to be a close game, and then it, it, it wasn't. <laughs> um, Justin, I, uh, I don't know that there's anything that I can say about these two teams to really do it justice other than the Bengals are firing on all cylinders right when they need to. And I'll save how I feel about the bills for later. So why don't you take it away, my man? Uh, yeah. Uh, who day, who day, who they think going to beat them Bengals? Not the bills. That's for sure. Uh, Joe Burrow is now three and O against Josh Allen. Uh, the Bengals are all the way back, man. I mean, you kind of got the feeling like, yeah, they're back after the Niners. Dude, they're back. <laughs> They've won four in a row, three in a row. Four of their last five. Um, you know, and, and Burrow somehow outperformed himself again, uh, from the game that he had against the Niners. Um, I think Joe Mixon's having – he's playing some of the best football of his career. Um, and you know, T Higgins finally made an appearance. Uh, I was kind of, kind of worried he didn't exist anymore. I hadn't seen him Guess who started him in fantasy this uh, week. <laughs> and, and you know, their, their defense did what their defense does, man. They, they forced the turnovers. Uh, they are now fifth in the league in takeaways and they can cause pressure on, on the quarterback in, in inside or out. And I, I think that's the danger of this game. Um, or uh, of this team is they like if they get a lead um i I think i saw since since 2021 now including this game uh if they score first they are 21 and 2 so they have a way to win and it's if they score first it allows their pass rushers trey hendrickson and, and sam hubbard to to kind of pin their ears back and and go after the quarterback and uh and and make those opposing quarterbacks uncomfortable and they, they have a formula to win and they have just been executing that formula week in and week out for the last five weeks. So, um, yeah, I mean this, they just, they, they are finally hitting their stride and this is just what Joe Burrow does. I I think we just need to accept that the first two weeks, three weeks or something, it's just kind of a wash, but once we get to October, November, it's it's go time. Yeah, I'm sure that um, as I'm, uh, as for real, the Bills, quick, though, sorry, I mean, I'm sure it would add I'm sure yeah. it would add some years to your life if the Bengals wanted to not have those slow starts. But you know, you can't get everything you wish <laughs> yeah. for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I I'd rather them you know not get blown out against the Browns. <laughs> um, but but here yeah. we are. Um. As for the Bills, though, I mean, they are in, they're in trouble. Sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. (laughs) They, they are now, I think, a game and a half back from Miami um, in their own division. Aren't they a game behind the Jets? uh, I think they're tied with the Jets. The Jets are are four and four as well. Um, But they got an uphill battle just to get back in the playoff hunt. I mean... You, you look at Cleveland, you look at Pittsburgh, you look at Cincinnati, and, and then not only that, but you have teams like the Jets sitting at 4-4. Four and four. You have um, 
the the Chargers are now four and four, and, and then you got a few teams sitting at four and five, or the Texans are four and four. So and then you got a few a few teams sitting at four and five, like uh, uh, the the Colts and the Raiders <laughs> and, and the Raiders, um, who are honestly never really out of it. You know, all, all it takes is a couple couple wins in a row and. I think it's tough for the for the Bills to uh, to rebound from this. I don't know where you go from from here if I'm them. See, this is what I love about the NFL though, is because like we went into this season like, man, the AFC is loaded. Like, you know, you're gonna have to go 11 and six or 12 and five to have a legitimate shot of making the playoffs. And now it's like, is anybody in the AFC gonna win win games? <clears throat> Because it, so it feels like it, every you know? time like, a team's like, I'm the best in the AFC, then they like drop three games or something like that. And then all of a sudden it's, or the Bengals are like, this is our year. We're finally going to topple the Chiefs. And then they start 0-2. I, I mean, you, you look at the AFC, all 16 teams. I would say one team doesn't have a shot to make the playoffs. That's the Patriots <laughs> at 2-7. and seven. Every other team, even the Titans and the, and the Broncos, even the Titans and the Broncos, they're sitting at three and five. I don't consider them well, out I mean, of it. They're not. I mean, I know they have an uphill battle, but like, I don't consider them out of it. All it takes is they need to rattle off three or four wins in a row, and they're right back well, in. Let's, it. Be, let's be honest. Right now, the you three know? wild card spots are the Browns, the Steelers, and the Bengals. I've got to think that the Steelers are going to drop out of that, and I've got to think that honestly, probably the Browns are going to drop out of that. The Browns are being carried by their defense right now. Um, and yeah. I know people say defense win championships, but the league is an offensive league, and uh, I just they just don't they have don't the have the offensive up. firepower, especially with Nick Chubb out. I just I, the Browns I think are gonna gonna drop out of the playoffs. The Steelers, I I again they yet again won a game that they shouldn't have. I cannot tell you how the Steelers are not like zero and eight right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had on that. Okay, so I'm going to do a spoiler <clears throat> because I have decided that I can't let this wait until the hot takes. The Buffalo Bills, it's time we have a conversation about the Buffalo Bills because everybody has looked at the Buffalo Bills as if they are the second or third best team in the NFL, right behind the Kansas City Chiefs, or at the very least in there with, you know, the Chiefs, the Bengals, right? Top three, you would say. Yeah. And yet, they've gotten this reputation. Why? Well, because they lost in the AFC Championship game to the Chiefs, what was it, two years ago? Yep. And then they lost in the divisional round to the Chiefs. No, no, they lost to the in the championship game to the Chiefs three, three years, years ago. ago. They lost in the divisional round to the Chiefs two years ago, and then they had an and then and like that is why it's because of those those showdowns with the Chiefs. And then they got embarrassed at home to the Bengals in the divisional round. I I heard I think it was Nick Wright said this earlier today. He called it. Um, he said that we've been looking at Josh Allen as like a Brett Favre or like a Peyton Manning. And we really need to be looking at him more like a Dante Culpepper. And that really stuck with me because Dante Culpepper was a good quarterback. But he could never get it done. And Josh Allen, I think the 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 Bills are doing him a disservice. I definitely think he is better than he has looked 
I mean, we saw that whenever Brian Dable was his offensive coordinator. If you can keep his mistakes in check, but like you and I have said, he has two speeds. He has too conservative and they get run off the field and he has i'm gonna be a hero and either win us or lose us the game and more often than not when he tries to do that it ends up in losing yeah the game. although i will i will argue that the only game i think that he did not lose them the game is that divisional round against the chiefs where he just didn't get to touch the ball in overtime yeah like that was just one of the crazier games i've ever seen but I think we're at the point now where we have to look at the Bills and call them what they are. They're, they are not one of those top-tier teams. They're not. They've had so many injuries on defense that I think you and I are going to get a call to play defense for them next week. They've had no running game to speak of. Like, James Cook is a pretty good running back, and yet Josh Allen consistently leads the leads the uh, team in rushing stats their offensive line is not as good as i thought it was and i know that because josh allen leads the team in rushing yards mostly because he has to because he's running for his life and i he leads the league in turnovers like since he came into the league by By, a lot by a wide margin (laughs) like it's not close and so for me it's like you know at what point do we look at it like, well, so do the Bills have a good receiving core? No, they've got one good receiver. Do they have a good run game? No, they don't. <laughs> Their leading rusher is consistently Josh Allen. Okay, well, do they have an elite quarterback? Eh, it's debatable at this point. Because what... <clears throat> his highs are his elite, highs are elite. But his lows are but, really, I really I mean, low. his lows make him look like Ryan Tannehill would be a better quarterback. You know, much love to Tanagoat, but okay. Well, so they don't have they don't have anything on offense that would make you think they're elite. Okay, so let's look at defense. Do they have an elite pass rush? Mm, no, not really. They don't. When, when they're, they're healthy, healthy, they do. But, ish, you, but you, at this you know. point, you can't say that they have a good pass rush because you can't count on them to be on the field. Okay. Well, do they have a good run defense? No, we've seen consistent examples in the last, what, three, four years of, I mean, Derrick Henry runs for two million yards against them. Joe Mixon had a good game against them. Um, you know, they, they consistently give up a lot of run yards. Okay. Well, do they have a good coach? No. <laughs> I mean, I, it's, a it's a defensive coach, coach and an offensive, and an offensive league. league. So I, at what point are we going to rank the Bills where they should be? And that is a mid-tier team. I don't feel like that's a, I, that's in my hot takes. That was my second hot take for this week. But I, I just I don't think the Buffalo Bills are like if you look at them objectively, you look at all of their parts. Like I like I just went over, and like what makes a team a contender? You know, you have an elite coach, you have an elite quarterback, you got good weapons, and you've got a good defense. They have a good weapon. They have a. I would rate Josh Allen as a B plus A minus quarterback, and that's it. So I can't call them a contender. And my my the hot take part of this was I don't think they ever should have been in the same conversation as Kansas City and like Cincinnati, etc. For the top tier teams. So yeah, I mean yeah. <laughs> obviously, now when we get to the hot take section, I will only have one. 
but I just I couldn't let the Bills Bengals conversation end and not have a little bit of a reality check come down to earth moment for the Bills because I think the media has constantly I mean they were the Super Bowl favorites to start this year. Like jo- they were the Super Bowl favorites to start yeah, last year. Josh Allen I think I think to start this year Josh Allen was the favorite to win MVP. Yeah. And I just like <laughs> where where does it come from because I don't know how people watch these games and are like oh the Bills are far and away the best team ever. Like, or not that best team ever. It's almost like that that like three year stretch <laughs> where the media in college football hyped up Texas A and M, and they were just awful. Like yeah. in a three year stretch, I think they I think they maybe won fifteen games, it, but every year they'd start the season top seven. Yeah, and well, didn't, if by, I'm not you mistaken. know by week four, week five, they would be out of the top twenty five, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, eventually, you need to learn your lesson that. They're just not Well, them. I'm not mistaken, but if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the year prior to that first year of hype, the year that they like upset Alabama at the end of the season? I think that's, so. I think that's what but it was. But then they came back down yeah. to earth. <clears throat> um, so yeah, I know we spent a long time on <clears throat> that topic and just like the NFL recap in general, but honestly, there was a lot to talk about this week. Um, yeah. Did you have any final thoughts on Bill's Bengals? Nope, ready to get to the favorite to uh, everybody's favorite part. Oh yeah, uh, I'm gonna give my voice a little bit of a break. Uh, like I said, my throat's been hurting. So, uh, Justin, why don't you uh, lead us off with Tavner's tears? All right, coming in uh, the the bottom of this is gonna look eerily similar to last week because all of these teams are awful and they all <laughs> lost. So, coming in at number 32, I have the Arizona Cardinals. 31, the New York Giants. 30, the Carolina Panthers. 29, the Chicago Bears, and 28, the New England Patriots. Uh, None of those five teams moved at all. Um, So 27, the Denver Broncos, and 26, the Atlanta Falcons. Um, Just all of those teams in that group are just awful. (laughs) Um, All right, coming in at number 25, I have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, 24, the Washington Commanders. 23, the Indianapolis Colts. 22, the Las Vegas Raiders. 21, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, any questions thus far, Ben? No, I think think I'm ready to move on. All right, top 20. I have the Tampa Bay Bucks coming in at 20th. Number 19, the Tennessee Titans. Um, number 18, the New York Jets. Number 17, the Houston Texans. And 16, moving up one spot from last week, the Minnesota Vikings. And into the top half we go. Uh, Coming in at number 15, moving up one spot from last week, that would be the Los Angeles Chargers. Number 14, the Seattle Seahawks. 13, the Pittsburgh Steelers. 12, the New Orleans Saints. And 11, the Buffalo Bills. Just missing out on the top 10. Um... I know I usually don't give notes on teams outside the top 10, but I felt the need to justify putting the Bills outside the top 10 here because they have one win against a team with a winning record. They should have lost to the Bucks, and, uh, you know, they do have losses to the Jets and the Patriots. And need I remind you, they only beat the Giants by five. <clears throat> In case anyone, in case oh, anyone has not missed, the... in case anyone has missed every everything about the NFL, the Giants are bad. 
<laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Josh Allen leads the league in turnovers. This is brand new information. um yeah sean mcdermott just asks him to be superman way too much and he has wildly regressed since dayball left and now they have to go to philly to kansas city to miami and to the chargers and they have to play dallas at home so to make the playoffs in the afc i would guess at least 10 wins is the minimum and they got to win five more they games. They genuinely because they are five. They genuinely, four. every one of those teams you just named off, they genuinely, genuinely could lose to. Oh, I won't be shocked if they do. So, just my little note on the Bills. Um, let's get to the top ten. I said, y'all heard my note on the Bills. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, coming down to number ten, I have the uh, the Cleveland Browns. Um, moving up two spots from last week after their 27 to nothing win over the Arizona Cardinals, um, which they bragged about on social media <laughs> that they shut out Clayton Tune and the Cardinals. I said that to you. That um, was so acting funny. Like, <laughs> acting like that's a huge accomplishment. Um, <sighs> it's Clayton Tune. So, uh, Jason McIntyre on the herd today called him Clayton Looney Tune. Um, so, but, you know. Look, pass all that. Uh, you know they're they're five and three. They do have wins over the Bengals and the Niners. And while I still don't trust their offense, their defense is allowing 150 passing yards a game, which is by far the best in the league. And they have Defensive Player of the Year candidate Miles Garrett, who's just an absolute game wrecker. So if they can figure out any sort of semblance of an offense, you know, uh, other than putting up 27 points against the Cardinals and acting like that's impressive. Um, you know, they they could be contenders, but as of right now, I just don't trust their offense. Um, but their defense is what's kept them in games. So Browns at 10. The, um, the only pushback I have on that is, and I don't, you know, with the, with the Bills, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. If there were, if there was another competent team, directly below them uh i would argue for the browns to be out of the top 10 as it stands uh i can't do that and i definitely can't justify what colin cowherd did which was putting the chargers at 10 yeah can't do that so i will say i don't think deshaun watson has it anymore and i don't think he can get it back yeah um all right coming in at number nine dropping two spots after their loss to Philadelphia, that is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, you know, I, I don't want to fault them too much for a close loss on the road against, you know, a divisional rival, um, top team in the NFL. But, you know, as it stands, they are 0-2 against current playoff teams, both of which are in the NFC and both of which they might have to face to make it to the Super Bowl. Um, but C.D. Lamb's having... You know, a remarkable season. He's posted back-to-back 150-yard games. And uh, given the Cowboys' schedule, I don't worry about them making the playoffs. But I do worry about them after that when they run into a potential, um, honestly, a coaching mismatch. If they have to face Sirianni or or uh, Kyle Shanahan, I think that they're at a co- coaching disadvantage. And it's, it's hard to pick uh, the Cowboys to win either of those matchups. 
Uh, but as it stands right now, Cowboys at nine. Jerry Jones is going to regret not getting Derrick Henry. Tony <laughs> Pollard, I just I don't think he's an RB one. I really don't. I thought, I he, thought was. he was too. He he showed glimpses of it last year, and since then, this year he's just not been impressive. It's not. Um, and I think that's where some of Dallas's issues are arising is that they're relying on Dak a little too much. You know, Dak is having to yeah. throw a lot more because Tony Pollard just cannot get them quite what they need. <clears throat> yeah. All right, coming into number eight, moving up two spots, even though they were on a bye, that would be the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I know they've lost three in a row, but I have to give them the edge over Dallas because they have that head-to-head win. Um, CMC should very much be in the conversation for MVP. And he has a chance to break the record for most consecutive games with a touchdown this week versus the Jags. He is currently at 17 um, with a touchdown this week. That would be 18 straight games with a touchdown. Um, So San Francisco 49ers at eight. Not much to talk about there on a bye. Yeah, I don't have anything to add. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Coming to number seven, dropping two spots after their loss to the Chiefs in Germany. That would be the Miami Dolphins. I can't believe that game didn't make our Um, games this week, by the way. Yeah, it just wasn't, wasn't like exciting game. I, I thought it would be fun. <laughs> like I thought it'd be fun to talk about, but it kind of wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once again, I don't want to fault them too much for a close loss um, against a good team in Germany. Um, but at some point, they're going to have to prove that they can beat a good team. You know, the 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 thing going for them right now is they have a pretty easy schedule for the next three weeks after their bye. They get. They get the Raiders, the Jets, and the Commanders. So uh, it, they're very similar to the Cowboys. It's I don't worry about them making the playoffs. Um, but if they don't beat... Their, their last three games of the season are against the Ravens, the Cowboys, and the Bills. And if they don't beat one or, you know, at least, at least one of those teams, if not two, it's hard for me to trust them come January. Um, so Dolphins at Can seven. just talk about real quick how there's actually a very realistic chance that Jets could still win that division? Uh, yeah. That's anyway, disgusting. that's all I wanted to say. Um, no, with, yeah, with that Dolphins-Chiefs game, it's especially hard to, like, hold them, like, it'd be too hard on them because both teams played awful. Like, 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 yeah. the Chiefs, I know they were up 21 to nothing. Patrick Mahomes played well in the first half, played awful in the second half. Uh, his defense is the reason why they won that game. Um, yeah, pretty I mean, much. You know, they get that scoop and score. Otherwise, it's 14-14. to 14. But that, like I said, that game was just hard to watch. I think the, the main storyline from that is Tyree Kill talking about how he was going to give the Chiefs that work. Uh, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> You can't you can't go out and probably, say that and then get the ball straight. Probably should have left you. that one in the drafts. Um, that's all I have to say. Uh, just I wanted to bring a couple of those things up, but uh, Dolphins at seven, I don't hate it. All right, coming in at number six, moving up two spots after their Sunday night football win over the Bills. That would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, you know, I, I think that they have officially reinserted themselves as a top team in the AFC. Uh, they can beat you in so many ways. And with a quarterback like Joe Burrow being fully healthy, playing the way that he is, it's hard for me to see a game 
other than the Chiefs and maybe the Ravens, that they won't be favored in from here on out. I mean, they're going to be favored to win every single game except for maybe those two for the rest of the season. So uh, Cincinnati Bengals at six. The only, yeah, really, like you said, the Ravens scares me. Um, I It's hard right now to look at the Bengals and the Ravens and tell which one is the better team. On paper, I know which one is the better team, but just with the way they've played. <laughs> we'll find out next Thursday. The Chiefs Thursday. one scares me because I think the Chiefs defense is sneaky top five. They don't have any like necessarily like huge names that stand out to you aside from other than Chris, from Chris Jones. Jones, but like their defense has been really solid this year, like surprisingly so. Yeah. So like I would love like I would I would probably have the Bengals the favorite that game, but I, I don't know that Chiefs defense does. It's in Kansas City. In Kansas City, okay. So. Yeah, then maybe maybe a coin yeah. toss or lean Kansas City point favorite something like that the only other game that i could see them not being favored in mm-hmm. is uh monday night at jacksonville mm. uh, outside of the ravens the jags and the chiefs every other game they should be favored yeah. in by far yeah. okay uh but yeah moving on uh top five uh moving up one spot after their win over the bye week that would be the detroit lions um you know this team's gonna <clears throat> easily win their division um I don't see them having any issues with, you know, even Minnesota's on the rise a little bit. Um, but, you know, they're going to host a playoff game, which is amazing for the city of Detroit. And if they can find a way to lock up that two seed and kind of keep San Francisco at bay and not have to go on the road and play, you know, San Francisco or Seattle uh, in the divisional round, then they could easily find themselves uh, in, in the NFC championship game against the Eagles. Um, once again, not much to talk about. They were on by, so uh, Lions at five. Once again, my Lions to the NFC Championship take looks better every week. It sure does. <laughs> All right. Uh, coming in at number four, dropping a spot, um, not to any fault of their own, just because of a team that I had to jump ahead of them, which I'll get to in a second. Uh, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, while it wasn't the prettiest second half for the Chiefs, awful. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> we we've said it all year that you know good teams find a way to win games. Um, and it doesn't matter if it's pretty, doesn't matter if it's by one or a hundred. Um, good teams just find ways to win. So, uh, but we've we've talked about it. The thing that's impressed me the the most about this team is their defense. They're young. They're fast. They're opportunistic and they're cheap (laughs) which is a huge asset to have moving forward um i'm still not perfectly sold on their offense and you know their lack of receivers but you know i i've said it all year and i know you hate it but they have mahomes and they have andy Reid, and it's hard to see them it's hard to see them not being favored in every game they play because of that are they going to lose games absolutely they're not going to go they're not going to win out but, um, I mean, outside of Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson and, and you know, outside of those two quarterbacks, um, that, that, you know, or it, what am I trying to say here? <laughs> outside of the Bengals and the Ravens, um, you know, they're, they're, I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Chiefs, <laughs> man, 
<laughs> I don't even know what I was trying to go with that. that. Was, Chiefs of wow. four. <laughs> um, such a you have such a way with words, Justin. I know um, that's what I do. I hate it when you're right. Um, <laughs> you know, I will say, <clears throat> I just I know, like you said, you wouldn't bet against Mahomes and you wouldn't bet against Andy Reid, but it just it feels like they run into a good team on the wrong day. They're going home. Like, I think if the Bengals are playing like they've been playing lately and the Chiefs are playing like they've been playing lately, I like I said, I would take the Bengals even, honestly, in Arrowhead. I just... It's, it's hard because, you know, you look at what teams have done to hold Kansas City to the low scoring. They've doubled Travis Kelsey. <clears throat> you know, the Bengals' defense isn't awful. No, I, I, it's actually really like good. De- they, I would put them top 10. Um, I, I, could, oh, I don't sure. think I would put them top 5 just yet, but I, I would definitely put them top 10. And, you know, Kansas City's defense is better, but at the same time, like I said, I think the offensive struggles, like I know Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback, but we've seen him have some pretty rough games. Like even in that Miami game, he did not play particularly well. Um, and I, I'm yeah, not saying it's but all on at him. At the end of the day, but... I mean that happens to the Chiefs every year that Mahomes goes through a three-game, four-game stretch where he just his mechanics go out the door. But um, I mean, come December, I mean it'll be fixed, and I'm, you know, I, it, right. they'll and be I'm right. Not, back. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just I don't know. I feel like overall this year they've just not looked good. I mean, they haven't looked like unless themselves. you. I mean. They did beat the Bears forty-one to ten, but I mean, woohoo! It's the Bears. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right, yeah. uh, you yeah, good? I think so, all right, uh, coming in top three, dropping a spot once again. No fault of their own because I believe they were on by. Um, that would be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, no, look, they're second in the league in takeaways and. ETN uh, has played just incredible thus far, and their run defense is third in the league. And the last thing that you want to do is get into a shootout with Trevor Lawrence because, you know, the defense, their run defense third in the league, you're going to be forced to throw the ball. So unless you're Joe Burrow, Lamar, Jalen Hurts, or Mahomes, get into a shootout with Trevor Lawrence, it's probably not going to end well. It's either not, it's either not um, going to end well or for some reason you're going to win like 40 to 9. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Jags at three. Once again, not not a whole lot to talk about. A lot of teams on by. A lot of top teams on Yeah. As a, as a Jameer Gibbs and Christian McCaffrey fantasy owner, it was very uh, inconsiderate of the league to put them on by in the same week. Um, <clears throat> anyway, number two. Number two, rising up two spots after their win against the Seahawks, 37-3. to That would be the Baltimore Ravens. Um, man, I struggled to find a way to keep them out of the top three last week. I know. <laughs> and I am, I am willing to admit that I was wrong. Hey, look at that. Um, because they absolutely smashed Seattle. Um. <clears throat> Their defense has allowed less than 14 points per game, which is the best in the NFL. They only give up 170 passing yards, which is second in the NFL. And they average 160 rushing yards a game, which is the best in the NFL. So 
their game plan is they get a lead, they force you to throw, and their their pass rushers pin their ears back and go after you. And then when they get the ball back, they just run it down your throat and hold on to the ball more than you. So uh, it's hard to – right now, it's hard to find a flaw in this team. And uh, your take of the Ravens are going to miss the playoffs looks colder and colder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but to me, this is the best team in the AFC. Um, as a Bengals fan, it pains me to say that. But um, through nine weeks, it's hard to argue that they're not. All right. Well, So uh, Ravens. At Justin's two. admitting is wrong. Uh, I'll go ahead. I uh, <laughs> can officially say I was wrong on that take. Um you know, like I've said previously, I will stand on the fact that I do think that if Lamar gets hurt, um, the season de- the, the the outlook on the season definitely derails. But um, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think the Ravens, I think the Ravens would have had an argument this week to be number one over. I mean, they, I don't want to spoil it, but we all know who's coming at number one. I think the Ravens had an argument to be number <laughs> one. Um, you know, I just. <clears throat> I, the Ravens very quickly went from they're going to miss the playoffs for me to uh, well I'll I'll get into that in a little bit but um yeah Ravens at two and coming in at number one not moving anywhere because they won uh, that would be the Philadelphia Eagles <clears throat> it's hard to not give them this spot again because they beat a divisional opponent um you know Jalen Hurts having an MVP type year. And even though their defense can be a little dicey uh, here and there, they they make the stops when it matters. And, um, you know, we've said it a million times, good teams find ways to win games. Well, if... Uh, You know, ugly or pretty, it doesn't matter. They they won. So uh, they currently have the best best record in the NFL, and it's hard to... uh, The only team that has an argument to be number one is the Ravens, but... Uh, the Ravens do have an ugly loss against the Steelers right now. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, so yeah, Eagles. Although uh, <clears throat> the the Eagles have an ugly loss as well. Well, yeah. um, no, and you know, like you said about their offense, they're gonna find ways to win. And worst case scenario, they're just gonna uh, shove Jalen Hurts for four yards, and there you go. Um, <clears throat> no, uh, yeah, like you said, they won, and I know I made the case for Ravens at one, but they, they have, the Eagles have the best record, find ways to win, they beat a better opponent, can't argue against it, so, I like it. Who are our biggest risers and fallers this week? Uh, our biggest riser this week, that is gonna go to the Houston Texans, jumping from 21 to 17, just four spots. Uh, and the biggest faller this week... That belongs to the New York Jets, dropping from 13 to 18. Um, I will say this is one of the few weeks that, I mean, there was a little bit of shuffling going on, but, like, not not a whole lot of, like, crazy yeah. jumps, you know? Like, no other team other than the Texans jumped more than two spots. I was going to say, plus four is the lowest rise we've had. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, there. I, I, I think we're getting to the point in the season where everything's kind of playing out um you know unless we see just a massive upset like the cardinals beating the eagles or something (laughs) like i don't even know if they play but unless we see something like that happen or something on that caliber um i I have to imagine that the the shuffling is going to slow down and you know it might come to a point where four or five spots gets you that 
that biggest riser, biggest well, faller. We'll get to find out if the Cardinals beat the Eagles on uh, Sunday, December 31st. Oh, they, they do. do play each other? Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. I just threw that out there. I they didn't do. know. That's the uh, Week uh, 17 matchup. Oh, that's awesome. So, that would be funny. All right. So that concludes Tavner's Tears. Any any parting words of wisdom? Nope. All righty. Well, with that out of the way, let's get on to uh, probably one of our more fun topics, the uh, NFL Week 9 Hot Takes and Overreactions. <clears throat> I will let you start since I. I think I, I should say, I will start. Let you start since I gave one of yeah. mine early. <laughs> yeah. Um, kind of going off, and I, I hate to keep beating a dead horse here, but uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to miss the playoffs Paul, Paul, this time year. Out real quick. Buffalo deserves it because I mean we've heard nothing but for for five years now that they are the second best team in the AFC. Bring it on, yeah. baby. Go ahead. <laughs> Even though I don't think they've done anything to deserve no, that title, Go but ahead. here Go we are. Um, yeah, the, the Bills are going to miss the postseason. Um, I, I've given you all the stats. I've given you their schedule. Um, you mean to tell me that it, in their next in their next eight games, having to go against having to go to Philly, to Kansas City, to Miami, to the Chargers, and Dallas at home? That's five losses. I mean, maybe me. the Chargers. The way that they're playing right now, that's five maybe losses. Maybe the Chargers, but that is, yeah. I don't know. The Chargers may or maybe are starting to figure things out. Maybe. I mean, I know. I, they did I mean, lose to the Titans. They did put up 27 points on the Jets. They did lose to the Titans. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Maybe they're start, starting to figure things out. But, you know, that that's not going to the Chargers is not going to be easy. So, and then you're going to get a Dallas team fighting for a playoff spot, maybe fighting for a division. It just depends on what's going on that because that's late in the year. I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time. If they're at five wins right now and they have to get five more, I have a really tough time throughout their next eight games picking five wins for them. So, so uh, Bills are going to miss the playoffs. That's my so hot take. Let me, let me ask you, what, 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 what do you think their final record is going to be? Um... Let me pull up their schedule right now, and I'll just—I I won't rattle off each team, but I'm just going to do it really quickly. Um, I think they win one. I think they win two, three. I, I think they at best win four games. I think they go nine, nine and eight. eight. Okay. Not nine and eight, and I think with. <clears throat> how many teams are in that mix of three to five wins right now, it's tough to imagine that they're going to beat out another team. Yeah, I agree. Hot take. I think that, I think that they lose. um, I think that they lose the games that you have them predicted. And I think they're going to lose either to the Broncos or the Jets. Yeah. Won't be shocking. Um, Just because those, all right. What, what's your what's your other hot take? <laughs> yeah. What's so this one, one is not a gloom and doom take, um, like we've had previously in this segment. This one's more of just like a happy. Let's 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 just take a moment to enjoy the parody that we're seeing right now. So I think this year we could have some potentially incredible Super Bowl matchups. Like we could have like there are any number. Like it's not like in previous years where we knew oh it's going to be Kansas City and somebody or it's going to be, you know. 
the Patriots and whoever wants to lose to them out of the NFC. <laughs> uh, the one Super Bowl matchup that really intrigues me that I would bet on right now is the Cincinnati Bengals and the Detroit Lions. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. That one's yeah. interesting. So let me do you want me to give you some thinking behind that one? <clears throat> yeah, cool. Yeah, go for it. So my AFC championship prediction right now would be the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Once again, yeah, divisional, nice divisional matchup <laughs> there. Um kinda <clears throat> what leads me to think that the Bengals would get the edge there is um just more experience in the moment with their pieces and i think that they pound for pound have the better offensive roster um so i just i you know the the ravens have struggled a little bit with injuries this year whereas the Bengals, i feel like for the first time in a long time haven't really struggled with injuries much this year knock on every piece of wood i can um and i just i don't know part of me still is reluctant to get rid of that not 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 saying that they'll miss the playoffs but like Part of me is reluctant to get rid of that, like, some key injury hurting the Ravens. Um, now for the NFC side, which is probably the more interesting <laughs> the more interesting pick there, um, my NFC championship game right now would be the uh, Eagles and the Lions. Um, I think that... Jalen Hurts' knee injury is big. I think that it's being downplayed a lot more. Um, what I think that the Lions will get the edge is I think right now with Jared Goff being healthy, they can potentially have the better, uh, like the more explosive game. Um, and I think that the Lions are going to step up and get it done and we'll make it make the super interesting Bowl. so uh yeah and then out of those two teams i would pick the cincinnati Bengals to finally get it done <laughs> oh man it, to me it almost feels like if they're gonna win it this is the year i agree honestly like, i feel like this is this is the year they, they gotta I feel get like it done. this is not the last year but like as the team currently is i think this is it like you don't get it done yeah. this year, and then you start looking at, well, T. Higgins has to get paid. I don't think he will. Jamar has to get paid. Or has Jamar already been paid? Uh, Jamar still has to get paid. paid. Right. But he's going to demand you know top three wide receiver money, right. which he Although, deserves. I did see a rumor that they're potentially going to make a play for Justin Jefferson, and Jamar did say that either he or Jay Jettas would be willing to potentially take less money if it meant winning so just a man can you imagine if burrow jamar and justin jefferson reunite in cincinnati who curtains they're winning they're winning five straight they're they're winning they're winning five straight easy not two not three (laughs) (laughs) then they go and then and then they go and get upset by like arizona in the super bowl the next year (laughs) yeah yep uh anyway yeah, they they would they would find a way to go like sixteen and one, and their one loss would be to the right. Bears. And then they would make the Super Bowl, and Arizona Caleb Williams somehow leads them to the Super Bowl and beats the Bengals in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be our luck. All <laughs> right, my second overreaction slash hot take. Now that we've gotten past that, 
uh, is that I know it's only been a week, but this is the hot take section. Josh Dobbs is going to lead the Vikings to a playoff spot. That's why he's the MVP. Uh, That's why he's the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude is literally, I mean, he, he is a, what was his Aerospace major when he was engineer. in Tennessee? Like, exactly. Air, he is a rocket scientist. <laughs> such a smart guy. You think it's not going to take him a week to learn that playbook? I mean, it, it's going to, I'm sure he already has it memorized. <laughs> Like, yeah, he, he's going to memorize that playbook. And, uh, I mean, given the state of the NFC and given the fact that they get to play the the, the Packers and the Bears again, uh, it, it's hard to find a way that they're not going to make the playoffs, man. Um, and, and there's no other guy that I would rather root for to make the playoffs. Heck than yeah, Jones. dude. I mean, hey, he, may, he might make the playoffs, but he's still going to be a freaking nerd. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, All right. <laughs> uh, me saying that as if I'm not a avid Pokemon player. But anyway, um, yeah, so that kind of wraps up our NFL stuff. Uh, you know, college football playoffs are fast approaching. We've gotten the college football playoffs. I think this was, what, the second week of those rankings? Yep, week, week two. two. Um, so let me just real quick read those. Uh, we're, I'm going to do the top 11, and that will make sense in just a minute. Um, but... Starting out, we had in 11th, the Louisville Cardinals. In 10th, Penn State. 9th, Ole Miss. 8, Alabama. 7, Texas. 6, Oregon. 5, Washington. Those are currently, what do they call it? Like the, the outside, the first two out or something like that? Yeah, something like that. 4 was Florida State. 3, Michigan. 2, Georgia. And at number 1, your very own Ohio State Buckeyes. OH. Go Bucks. Um, so, you know, I definitely think that <clears throat> Georgia is probably in unless they just have some insane loss happen. Um, yeah, I think even if they lose the SEC championship, they're probably still in. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, I think it's probably going to come down to whichever team wins that matchup. Um, I think they're uh, one of those two teams is a lock, though. And then we get to the three and four spot, and that's where things start to get interesting. Um, so first of all, I want, I'm I'm surprising you with this one. I want to hear your prediction as it stands right now of who, who makes the top four. Um, and then I've got a follow, we've got a follow up question to address after that, but as it stands right now, who would be your top four? I think my top four is going to be obviously Georgia. Um, this is a little bit of my bias showing, but Ohio State. Um, and I'm not really giving an order here. Yeah, I'm just, I didn't. Yeah, this is who I think is going to make it. Yeah. Um, so Georgia, Ohio State. Um, I'm gonna give the edge to Washington. Head to head, I agree. Um, yeah, and man, that last spot's tough. But I'm, I'm gonna say Texas. I'm gonna say Texas. Okay. I know that might be a bit of a hot take, but okay. Texas. Uh, I would go, as it stands right now, I would go um, in no particular order, Washington, Ohio State, Georgia, and Florida State. Um, but, you know, I see your reasoning. Uh, the follow-up question that was one that you proposed that I actually really enjoy, does Louisville have a shot to make the college football playoff? So my reasoning for this question was given 
if I give you this scenario, it's not crazy. Ohio State or Michigan gets in. Georgia gets in. And either Oregon or Washington gets in, whoever wins that matchup in the Pac-12. Um, so there's three spots right there. That final spot would come down to uh, Bama's going to be out because they're going to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship. Um, and and I, I'm going to say Washington, for this sake, I'm going to say Washington beats Oregon, giving them two losses. They're done. So now that final spot comes down to Florida State, Louisville, um, and, and, and Texas. So now, and, and the loser of the Ohio State Michigan. Which in this scenario would be Michigan. <clears throat> yes. So is it crazy that if Louisville beats Florida State in the ACC championship, they have one loss, they're the ACC champion, say Oklahoma beats Texas giving them two losses. Oklahoma, I believe, already has two losses yeah. now. So they're done. So you don't have to worry about a Big 12 champion. Now you're comparing Louisville as a one-loss ACC champion to whatever that one-loss Big 10 team is, for this sake, Michigan, and who, who didn't even make the Big 10 championship. My thinking is... is with all of this Michigan stuff going on, the scandal that's around them, for those of you that don't know, Michigan is being accused of cheating and stealing signs. Um, they have had people go and buy tickets to um, the teams that they're going to play, um, their games, and videotaping their sidelines. So with all of that cheating scandal going on, is the playoff committee going to look at that and say yes we does we think that michigan should get in because if you're looking at it unbiasedly i think yes absolutely michigan uh, on paper michigan's oh, yeah. the better team uh, over louisville there's no question about that but everybody has bias whether whether you like to believe it or not everybody has a bias and so are those voters that are that are ranking these teams are they going to look at that and say, well, did Michigan, you know, yeah, they won a lot of games. Yeah, they're a good team. But was it in good faith? Was it fair? And then it's like, well, Louisville sneaks in. I, I don't think it's crazy. Given the scenario that I just presented, I don't think don't, it's don't crazy. Think Alabama somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bama could lose out, and they'll be like, eh, I mean, it was, it's a good loss. <laughs> um, I don't have... A- am I am I crazy with this thinking here? Like, uh, let, let me know. What do, what do you think? I understand your reasoning. I don't, I don't think it happens, but I understand your reasoning. Um, I just think that Louisville is just, like, that, like, second tier of those like good teams you know what i mean like i think yeah not not saying that they don't have impressive games and stuff too but it's like when you look at it i and in this scenario now they're now they're gonna have a top four win over florida state i mean that's true so i i don't think it's wild i don't think it's florida state's only i think it's improbable what that be florida state's only loss 
It would be, but it would be in the ACC championship. And how do you give the spot to Florida State over Louisville when Louisville just beat them? You know? Yeah, that's true. To me, I think it's improbable, but I don't think it's impossible. Okay. I just, the, I think where I'm tripping up is I, I just don't see the scenario that you're envisioning happening. I don't see Louisville beating Florida State. <clears throat> but I okay. also like, like, I mean, I think, I think if what you said shakes out, I mean, I think there's always the possibility. Um, Louisville's definitely just in one of those situations though, where like they need to win out and then they also need a bunch of other stuff to fall their way. Cause I mean, you know, Texas, do. if Texas they doesn't do. lose to Oklahoma, they're not getting in. And if, yeah, I, I, I think if, I think if Texas wins out, they win the big 12, they're in, uh, it's I'll hard be honest to keep with them you, out. If Michigan beats Ohio state, I think both teams get in. Yeah. I mean, then you're Ohio talking State's, leaving a one loss Texas out, potentially a one loss big 12 Ohio champion. State's number one. Um, so yeah. if they lose out, I mean, they not lose out, they lose out, obviously they miss, but if they lose to Michigan, that's the number three team. So it's not like, and as if it's, it's gotta be not like the past couple years where they've gotten oh, yeah, no, if they, out, if, if they, they lose, keep it close and they lose by if three, they lose 52 to seven. Well, yeah, then they're going to drop to like, they're going to drop to the NAI, but if they, if they lose, <laughs> you know, 27, 24, or something like that. Well, then you know, okay, maybe they drop to four. Michigan jumps to number one. Well, they wouldn't do that because they don't want them facing off well, again. True. Not in the semis. If if they face off in the national championship, well, I thought so it was. It. I thought it was one. Uh, in, it would. It would I probably thought, go. Oh yeah, I'm stupid. I was gonna say I thought it was one and four. Yeah, it would, one of, yeah, it would probably go Georgia, Michigan. Yeah. Probably go like Georgia, Michigan, Washington, yeah. Ohio State. That in that yeah. scenario, that would be my guess. Um. But yeah, because and honestly, like I know you would leave Texas out, but at this in the same vein, it's like I think Ohio State's the better team between them and Texas. So oh yeah, and they they have the better yeah. resume too. So I mean, like yeah, you'd leave out a one loss Pac twelve champion, but I, I, I it's justified in that scenario. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't think your take is crazy, but I, I it's just hard for me to see a world where that happens. Yeah. All right. Well. All right, yeah, I just wanted to just wanted to present that scenario to you and see if my thinking was was crazy or if it was justified. Well, I mean, uh, it, <laughs> it it was a take. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> I think I think we had some good stuff today. Any final thoughts before we uh, wrap it up? Uh, I'm good, man. Who day? <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, I would say tighten up, but Levis is the future. I'll say that. <laughs> they. They tightened down this week. Uh, they, 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 <laughs> they were there. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, with that, all of that out of the way, um, thank you all for listening to uh, our week nine recap episode of The Rundown. Um, on behalf of Justin, I'm Ben, and uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Um, and until next time, guys, have a wonderful day.